Hi, I'm Cameron, and I don't just read comics, I love them. On today's episode of Cameron Reads Comics, I'm playing you an unreleased episode of my old podcast, A Worthless Film Podcast. My friend Jack and I go deep on James Gunn's Suicide Squad. With everything happening in the current DC universe, I thought that this would be an important episode to, to come back to. So, consider yourself warned, there's going to be full spoilers for James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. Make sure to check out Cameron Reads Comics on Instagram and YouTube. Also, please make sure to leave a five-star rating and review so more people can check out the show. Now, here's your episode. And welcome back to a worthless film podcast where the films are not worthless, just, just the, op- the opinions. We nailed that one. <laughs> we did. That, that was, was probably so- the best one yet. That really was. And even it's it's a good little reverb. It's a good little everyone knows that we're we're together on this. Um, we are together on this. We're together on almost everything, I would say. It's true. It's true. Except for physically right now, because we're actually just in <laughs> two different parts of the place. But they don't know that. They don't need to know that. And it's only because we both have work and we both don't live that close to each other anymore. Yeah. Yeah. We, exactly. we used to live so close to each other. It, it didn't feel that way at the time, but now it's like, oh, we were way closer than we are. We were like, we were like 10 minutes at most. We, yeah. we were literally one city apart. Yeah. Now it's like not that way. But anyways, we're, we're still together again. Still together. Like we said, going back to the it. original point. Yeah. Um. So, Jack, today we're here to talk about James Gunn's The Suicide mm. Squad. Mm. But before we get into that, I think I'd love to hear your thoughts on, like, what, if you remember the release surrounding this movie, like, why he kind of got offered this role and kind of like, yes. what, what are you, I think that's one of the most unique parts about this film. And there, there was an extra layer on top of the pandemic and on top of everything else kind of weighing it down. I think that mm. was such a big factor. So, like, how do you think that that played into this movie's release? Yeah, so obviously, like taking it back a little bit, uh, James Gunn, famous for directing, I mean, he's famous for a lot of stuff, but world famous, I'd say, for directing Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Not just directing, but being the writer and being kind of like the overall creative vision that really brought that almost nothing franchise into like the forefront of popular culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'd say it's one of the most popular Marvel franchises. I think that that movie changed the entire trajectory of comic book cinema. Yeah, like it's, nobody I mean, saw that coming, especially the MCU. Especially, like it, yeah. it, it was like it that movie walked so Thor Ragnarok can run. Like, oh yeah, like we wouldn't we wouldn't have had like the Thor that we did in Thor Ragnarok if we hadn't had Guardians of the Galaxy first. And James Gunn hadn't opened the door to that wacky interdimensional space kind of storytelling uh, into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like, because until then, we had just been on Earth in other, you know, Earth-like planets that looked a little bit different, but didn't feel that different. Yeah. Do, do you think that, um, like, the, like, 
what I'm trying to say for did I'm sorry, I'm asking a timeline question. Did Ant Man come out first or did Guardians come out first? Uh, Guardians came out first because I'm pretty sure Ant Man came out in 2015. Yeah, because Ant Man came out right before Civil War did. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, it was Guardians, then Ant Man, then Civil War because. Uh, in Ant-Man, they talked about that's when we first heard the Easter egg for Spider-Man. Yeah. Because we heard Michael Pena doing like his like, recant, oh, right. like recounting thing. Yeah. And he talks about at the end of that movie, how we got this guy that like walk, runs our walls and all this stuff. And they're talking about Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, and then we saw Spider-Man in Civil War. Um, but yeah, so Guardians came out in 2014, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I yeah, no, I think I think your timeline's right. It just it blows my mind to see what everything surrounding that and like what happened it was just crazy and so yeah. um it's I'm, I'm a big fan of i'm i i'm i'm, I'm a big fan of james gunn and i think mm -hmm. that this movie in particular really showed like i think this is the tr a more true james gunn i think he's yeah. always wanted to lean more towards rated r i haven't yeah. seen brightburn i haven't seen super his other mm -hmm. couple of movies have you seen this i have it i meant to see brightburn uh well he didn't direct brightburn oh he did uh, he executive produced brightburn oh. so um when i heard that i was kind of less enthused to see it um but, but yeah so so getting back to that overall story about yeah, what yeah. james gunn so james gunn famous for directing guards of the galaxy having such a unique vision very edgar wright-esque with, yeah, yeah, but like in a, a different flavor of that kind of energy, though. Not bad. Um, yeah, like not like a not like a, a a copy of Edgar Wright, but like kind of in the same spirit of an Edgar Wright, mm -hmm. I would say. That's a great um, word for it. Like a fun fact, like when that when they were doing the first Guardians movie, uh, and at the same time, Edgar Wright was developing Baby Driver, uh, and well, I think Baby Driver came out a little bit later, but they were developing at the same time. And they had, they're both such lovers of like music and music influences their scripts so heavily. Yeah. They had to talk and have meetings and kind of like do like a draft of what songs each of them could use yeah. because they knew they had such similar tastes that they were like going to have overlap in the song choices they made, uh, wrote those films, two films that rely heavily on music for the narrative structure. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, so they like they literally had to like divvy out what songs each of them are gonna, like gonna get to have for their movie yeah. to make sure they weren't using the same songs because yeah. they're just so similar in that way. I forget, uh, speaking of that is one of my all time. I think the year that one came out, I think it was twenty fifteen. Baby, Girl. yeah. When that movie came out, I remember thinking like that was my that was my favorite movie I saw that year. So good. That movie is amazing, and I think. Oh, I, one of the best and that, that's what really brought edgar wright to my attention and yeah so, that movie starts off at 100 and it keeps that 100 miles per hour energy going the entire time yeah and it's just he it's just a master class the whole thing so i'm yeah. glad we get another right now we're using this time to talk about other movies too because <laughs> this is what the, the that's what this podcast is about yeah so. it's supposed to be about movies we kind of talk about marvel like in, in dc like every week which is good too we yeah, love you know, that stuff. This is going to be one of those few instances <laughs> where we have done more DC movies than Marvel because that exactly. ratio is going to go away. So. It will go away, yeah. But it's in our DNA. You know, we yeah. can't deny our DNA. No, we can't. Um, but, okay, so, yeah, so he uh, was famous for these movies, changed Marvel in a lot of ways. Uh, then on Twitter, um, yeah. a bunch of old tweets from a long time ago. James Gunn in the past was kind of like famous for being like an edgelord. So like saying edgy <laughs> things online to get a reaction out of people. Yeah. Um, and like making jokes that were just like, that are not really funny and are kind of just like being edgy to be edgy. 
but like that that was a trend of comedy for a long time especially on the internet it still um, is yeah know. and it still is in a lot of ways uh, but there are things from like a long like a long time ago that he's addressed in the past and he's apologized for he's like hey like he's really messed and again some of the things he said were like truly messed up like yeah. not 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 okay not good at all yeah um but the things he apologized for and addressed in the past and he's pretty open about um but again kind of like some like far right people on Twitter like found them and they're like, Oh, like Disney, like you're going to let this person like, uh, you know, work for you. And like, you've canceled the people. So like, you might, you're not going to cancel James Gunn, blah, 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 all this crap. So he got fired. Um, and then, uh, he's a free agent and he's supposed to be working on guardians three. That's why we haven't seen guardians three sooner or why yeah. it's not coming out so soon because all of this happened. Mm-hmm. Um, it was much like originally it was supposed to be much earlier, uh, on the docket but now it's going to be like 2023 i think until we see it oh i didn't even know it was slated yeah it's slated so they're they're it's in development but it's going to be a long time until we see another couple of years at least yeah um but um yeah so after that you got hybrid warner brothers and they were like hey our movies are like a garbage town dumpster fire we have no idea what we're doing please yeah. make a good movie at our studio especially <laughs> then yeah especially especially then. especially then because we didn't get hired like we zach snyder just hadn't come out things were kind of still all over the place Wait, we like not man not the joss whedon one had come out joss whedon had come out oh yeah, yeah it was joss, right yeah. after that yeah joss when... league had come out yeah. we didn't get the snyder cut things were kind of all over the place wonder Woman was good aquaman was good but things yeah. were still kind of just like they need the dc really needed a win yeah um and so that's where you know you bring in james gunn somebody who is completely different from any of the other directors at dc yeah like vastly different than Zack snyder yeah Um, yeah yeah and um i could see some patty jenkins energy with james gunn yeah Um, yeah but absolutely yeah but still like yeah it's something who's someone who's bringing like a completely different energy and has a lot more I think James Gunn, especially with somebody who's who like has a lot of strengths that can't fully be utilized at Marvel, mm-hmm. like especially while they don't do eight rated R movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think we kind of got to see that happen in the Suicide Squad. Like we kind of got to see that bloom. Um, but yeah, and then probably he was hired by Marvel again. Um, oh yeah, because they were like, oh, everyone's okay with this. Yeah, like literally, like literally, nobody's really mad about this. Like yeah. you, you apologize for it. You've changed. You've grown. Like. This was kind of a PR stunt, us, us firing you, uh, and we're sorry. And a lot of people were already talking, like, he most likely got hired shortly after he got fired. Yeah. And But it was just, like, not announced for a long time to kind of, like, let things blow over. Yeah. Um, but he started working on Suicide Squad, and that's why Guardians 3 has kind of been pushed back on the docket. Um, but, yeah, and now we're here with the movie to talk about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I, I think that energy surrounding all of this is like, okay, what's he going to do? And it's, I think especially too with with the, what was going on at DC at the time and still yeah. kind of now, DC is just kind of, I think they're finally starting to find their stride. Like, yeah. you know, by by offering, like allowing all their cinematic, cinematic movies. That, that was, that's some silly coming out. <laughs> their cinematic <laughs> movies, uh, like give, giving all of, all of them different tones. Yes, their their universe, like they are just you know, because simultaneously, like they were working on Joker and this came out, and they were working on you know Robert Pattinson's Batman that's eventually going to come out, which is obviously not this tone. And so I think that it's really interesting to have uh, something like this come out 
you know, and, and they gave him free reign, which is kind yes. which I really liked. And so it's like, man, with, with, it's very rare. Unfortunately, it's very rare mm-hmm. that we get to see that. Yeah. And, and to, to give a creative the reins and especially someone who, I guess I I describe him as no tour, like James, oh, yeah. Penn, like giving him that, a window and prospect to express himself is really exciting. And so I think that, yeah, that it's something we got to see in this movie and, and surrounding this movie that everyone was really stoked for. But then my next question would be to you, do you think it lived up to the hype? Because that's a lot of pressure going into a movie. Yeah. So I think it did. I, I think, think so especially, too. especially like looking at so like, original Suicide Squad from 2016. Yeah. Like, the bar was set so low with mm-hmm. that one. Uh, but I think this, like, absolutely lived up to the hype. I think yeah. if even if even exceeded it. Because even I, like, it, again, it's, it's sometimes, like, making films in this universe, it feels like just putting decorations on crap. Yeah. And, like, into where, like, the, the foundations of it are so all over the place and so, like, far gone it feels like there's nothing one can do to fully make an incredible movie it's in so that hard. in that atmosphere. Yeah. yeah, it's like like Batman, like the Batman with Robin Pattinson. That feels different because it's they're like a clean slate, different universe. Yeah. Not everything that's happened in the past, like you see in the movies, is not happening in this world. So that's much different. But like making a film in like the quote unquote Snyderverse or Snyderverse adjacent, uh, that is that felt that feels terrifying. Because I feel like no matter how good the movie, there's like a million things fighting against you at the same time. And I'm so glad that this movie does not address it whatsoever. They, they, the only thing, as far as I'm concerned that they addressed, well, there's a, there's a couple, there's Harley Quinn does exist in that universe. You know what I mean? Harley Quinn and Mendo Waller, Rick Flagg, they all exist, but like they mentioned Superman and that's like, oh yeah, this guy put a bullet, a cartoon bullet in Superman. Yeah. That's all we got. And I'm like, yeah. that's about as much as I wanted anyways. That's all we need. I didn't need more than that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't need any more than that. Yeah, like Shazam walked that line very closely with their like post-credit scene. But yeah. like this one <laughs> or final credit scene, whatever. This one yeah. was like just right. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, again, like, and I'm sure we like we can talk about like 2016 Suicide Squad while we're talking about this because it's hard, it's hard not to. Okay, wait. That that let, let's I want to go into that question. Yeah. How do you feel about that movie? Because I think sometimes that movie is unfairly just like gutted. And I'm like, yo, it was fine. I just don't think the writing was there. But honestly, I liked all of the characters. Um, yeah. wh- how they were utilized. Yeah, it kind of fell flat. But like, I don't know. The, I thought the first half of that movie was really good. And the second half just kind of gets really clunky and not so great. But otherwise, like, it's not the worst superhero movie I've ever seen, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I think my main problem with Suicide Squad is not... Um, we are talking David Ayer Suicide Squad. Yeah, David Ayer Suicide Squad, who somebody famously doesn't like his name put on it. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, so I think my problem with Suicide Squad 2016, and again, for going forward, we'll refer to James Gunn's Suicide Squad as the Suicide Squad, and yeah. we'll refer to, refer to 2016 Suicide Squad as Suicide Squad. Yeah. Um, so, like, there were good, there's, there's things to like in that movie. Um, yeah. Like, I think Will Smith is great. I think, I mean, for the most part, I think he's great. Um, I love Deadshot. Yeah. 
I think I Carly Quinn obviously is like a gem that has been a gift that's like continued giving for that universe. Yeah. Um, I like Jai Courtney as Captain Boomerang. I one thought he was a lot of fun. One of my absolute favorites. Yeah. He 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 throws a boomerang like one time in the movie, but whatever. He was still fun in it. And he likes um, unicorns, and that's cool too. Yeah, that's cool too. But I think my biggest problem with the movie is not that it's the worst superhero movie I've ever seen, because this. There's worse superhero movies. Yeah, I'm like, like, like if you watch Daredevil or Catwoman or even Green Lantern, like exactly. There's worse superhero movies out there. I would, I, you know, um, and I'll die on this. I'm like, yo, I think Iron Man three's worse. I think that Thor: The Dark World's worse. I'm like, there's. Th- I, I I think I disagree with that. But. Oh well, that's okay. I'm like, great. I'm like, wait. no. So I think my biggest problem with it though is that it's just so generic. Like yes. it is so it is so bland and so uninteresting. And um, sorry, there's a bug I had to kill. Yeah. It's uh, so <laughs> it's so bland and so uninteresting, and that it it feels like nothing. Like it feels like yeah. I'm just watching nothing. It feels like honestly, uh, and this is to get like not to get too much into the background of it. No worries. But it felt like I was watching a trailer of something. Yeah. With just like the most generic action beats and moments, to where it felt like there was no substance in that movie at all. Yeah. Like anything that was camaraderie or coming together, those characters felt so forced. It felt so written to where I was like thinking about the writing and like the making of the movie while I'm watching it. And I'm like, I shouldn't be thinking about this stuff while I'm watching this. I should be thinking about the the characters I'm watching on screen and connecting with them. Not in the fun ways that like, you know, you can't like, wow, this shot is so seamless. No, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, not like in a fun way. Like, whoa, that was crazy. I wonder how they did that. Like, no, 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 not that. Like to where I, I can't, I'm just I'm I'm by default outside of the movie from yeah. like God like this is really this is really dull mm-hmm. um, and I, and again it's like I prefer if something's gonna be bad I prefer them take just like a huge swing yeah and have it be bad like even looking at Daredevil from like 2003 it's bad like it's so bad <laughs> but it's interesting because how bad it is like you're like wow they took themselves seriously in making this movie. This movie is such garbage, but it's so dumb that I can kind of almost have fun watching this. No, but way. He, or, or like BVS, like BVS is objectively not a good movie. Damn. Like especially the not, tra- especially the uh, the original cut, not yeah, the not the, not the ultimate cut. I think the ultimate cut as like some as like it kind of fixes things okay. a little bit. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's like I totally find the ultimate cut. I don't I think, think it's good, exa- but I think, that's I think it's totally fine. It's fine. Yeah, but like original BVS, like it's not good. But he took a huge swing with yeah. that movie and he like doubled down and went for it. Like when Lex Luthor is being his Jim Carrey self on screen, <laughs> like I'm like, this is bad, but he like totally is going for it here. Yeah. And like Jesse yeah. Eisenberg is like 100% committed to this bit. And like, I'm down for that. But now, yeah, yeah. Lex Luthor goes full, the red capes are coming. I'm like, could we just not? <laughs> Yeah, or yeah, or like the Jolly Rancher in the mouth scene, or like oh, the Granny's Peach Tea kind of thing. It's like, it's so stupid, but like they are one hundred percent committing to this shtick and this idea of this character, and they're really just like full court press going for it. And I'm like, okay, I have to respect that. Like you are committing to this idea, and you're not oh, yeah. holding anything back. Like yeah. if it's a huge swing and a miss, like you still swung. Yeah, but. This like Suicide Squad, it felt just like a teetering of a bunt. Like, oh, I'm not gonna swing. Like, I'm not not gonna swing. I'm kind of just like sitting in the middle here. And and yeah, it just felt 
it just felt completely uninteresting. And, and a lot of that is because like the reason why it feels like a trailer is that Warner Brothers hired a trailer company to finish the movie. Oh, no way. I didn't know that. Yeah. So like when David Ayer really like submitted his first cut, the studio didn't like it. Like it was much darker than they wanted. It was much more intense. Uh, and like they were, they kind of panicked. And especially after BVS, like they were like, okay, no, we don't want to go in this direction. We want it to be much more fun, much more all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. And like that trailer came out with uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Remember that trailer for Suicide oh, Squad? Huge deal. Broke the Everyone internet. loved that trailer. I love that trailer. It was incredible. It's a great trailer still. But so when everyone saw that trailer, like, wow, like, okay, let's, Warner Bros. like, let's do this, but like for the entire movie. Yeah. And so they hired that company that made that trailer to finish the movie. And they submitted their edit. And that's the one we saw in theaters. Ooh-wee. That's why it feels like a trailer and it doesn't feel like really anything. That's so interesting. I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah. So there you go. Oh my gosh. I just, I learned something today. Um, <laughs> I think, yeah, like I, everyone knows, or a lot of people know that, surround, that surrounding that movie, there's just a bunch of uh, fan or a bunch of studio interference and it's a classic yes. case of that and so yeah. you know it suffered from that but again like i think some some of the i guess measurements people hold that one to i think are just kind of false like mm. i think i think a lot of people hate that movie because of jared leto's joker and i'm just like why like that is literally not it's it's unfortunate that he doesn't play more of a part and everyone knows that he should have been the core villain of the he film he should have been the villain yeah and that wasn't even in David David Ayer's cut, so you know people can't jump to that fence. Yeah, like, and yeah, so they can't say like release the Ayer cut when the Ayer cut is a different version of the exact same thing we saw. Yeah, and because we all knew the Snyder cut was different, mm-hmm. like he he had shown us, you know, he showed us clips and like everything. Yeah. So, so we knew, but for that one in particular, we we didn't. You know, it's it's okay. You know, uh, and, yeah. and again, I think. I think it's so unfair to judge a Joker on his five minutes within a film that he is a B or C character in. Maybe we didn't get to like, you know, see he, maybe we didn't love what we did see. That's fine. But it's like, man, give us any more. Like if if we'd gotten like 10 more minutes or even some of the footage that was in the trailers that wasn't in the film, that could have changed the entire thing. And we didn't get that opportunity. So whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Like I see, like they have the extended footage of the Joker online of like yeah. a, like six more minutes of Jared Leto scenes. I just don't think he's very good. I don't this thing. I yeah. don't. I don't know. I, again, I have. I have a. I have a bias of not liking Jared Leto. I don't think he's very good. Oh, as an I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know that. I think oh we talked God. about a little bit in the Snyder Cut episode. Oh wow, I didn't know that. We could have. That's a long episode. <laughs> yeah, that was a long episode. That was a long movie though, so it's okay. Yeah. Um. With your like this thing, I don't mind your like I don't think it was his fault. I really don't. I think that I think that movie utterly also suffered from the writing. I just for thought sure. the writing was not great. And so for sure. And so him being written poorly and then not doing great. I was like, okay, like this is just all on brand for this movie so far. But but yeah. but, but, but 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 I don't want to go full negative on that movie. It, <laughs> it was just not complete. Again, I think I think the movie's fine. Like if it if it had come out, I just think. Personally, and I said this in another podcast I recorded, the Suicide Squad is a franchise that like I think DC has been given on a silver platter. And I think yeah. that it is one that is unparalleled in like 
you know, Marvel has the Thunderbolts. Marvel has the Dark Avengers. Those are yeah. literally writing the coattails of who the Suicide Squad are. Seriously. But I don't think DC has ever, I've only read a couple stories where they have been able to get their act together and read that and like, yeah. and like do that idea justice. And so for the movie to fall flat makes sense. But this movie that we watched picked up some of those pieces and it based it on the gold standard of Suicide Squad runs, which is yeah. awesome. So uh, yeah. let's get into that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Real, real quick, real quick, real yeah. quick. Uh, yeah. So like touching on Jared Leto one more, like real yeah. quick. I don't want to talk about him for a long time because I don't, I think he sucks. Because you but, secretly have a crush on him. No, <laughs> but, but like I've seen the extra scenes. I saw the, like I saw him in the Snyder Cut, like he was better in the Snyder Cut. But even then, he still wasn't that good. Oh, you're so funny. And like, I think I, I think of that looking like right after I watched that, like, I'm like, wow, Jared Leto was so good. But I think it was just because like he was so bad in Suicide Squad that I anything better than that was like amazing to me. But like, if you've seen The Mask, like Jim Carrey's The Mask, have you seen Jim Carrey's The Mask? Uh, not in a long time. If you, if you watch, we can, we can record if that. If watch Jim Carrey's The Mask. It's literally like pound for pound exactly what Jared Leto was doing, and it's so stupid. What's the like, what's the game with Kevin Bacon? It's the what's that six degrees of Kevin Bacon? Yeah. All the DC villains are six degrees of freaking Jim Carrey. Jim, right Jim Carrey, exactly. No, but like his performance is literally just the mask, like with Jim Carrey, and it's like, and especially even even like after seeing all the extended scenes, like the writing was bad, like the writing was really bad, and that was working against him. Yeah, but like his choice of performance i just don't think it's very good i, I do know. like his look i liked his look like i think the way he looked like seeing those promo pictures i was like uh seeing him in the movie like it totally works yeah. like and the idea of like him being like a mob boss for like a little bit like for a week he's like oh i'm a mob boss this week and i'm doing something <laughs> else next week like that's kind of fun to the like for the joker yeah um and i love batman in the movie like it, it was great to see batman in the movie i feel like that's oh, like oh okay yeah it's um, yeah. yeah yeah absolutely like I think one of the best Batman portrayals we've seen with from a yeah. from Ben Affleck. Like it's, it's just not even fair how. <sighs> and the Flash too. I want to see more of the Flash. The Flash that was movie too. What That's I remember the best Flash we've seen. Oh no no no! It's actually Justice League for sure. The best Flash we've seen. No, but like I mean, like yeah, it canon. felt the most natural. Like him as the Flash there felt so natural. I kind just of like rem- him just busting boomerang. Yeah, it was him. It, oh, I remember seeing that because that that movie came out. It was a summer blockbuster, so that came yeah. out like that summer. And I remember because I was there like night up. That was when yeah, I was same. like, oh. And the week before was Comic Con or whatever mm-hmm. for the for the for that year because yeah. the trailer got released the year before at the last Comic Con and the yeah. one after that we had seen. It was the the week we got the first images of the Justice League photos. Yeah. And so there's the first time we saw the Flash costume, mm-hmm. and then you know whatever a month later we got to see it in a movie just like brand spanking new. It's like oh wow, like they've had this plan for such a long time. That's so yeah cool. yeah yeah. It was great. I love the Flash in that movie. Um, that's thing is there's a lot of elements that I like, um, but I think the way everything came together was so uninteresting. Um. And I don't like it. Yeah. But, okay. Yeah. Anyways, but let's talk about the one we do like. It does. It does tie into a universe, and I think that that's a good point that you made. Um, yeah, that's that's a fun part about it. Yeah, and like like the way we wanted to. Um, but again, yeah. now going into this one, that so that that was one of the factors and one of the things that was coming into this movie. Now is like it it did have a shadow over Guardians of the Galaxy. It did have the shadow mm-hmm. over, frankly, the 
I guess, risky territory and tumultuous terrain that was the DC universe. Like where, yeah. where is it going to land? You know? Yeah. And I really think it delivered. I, yeah. I, I think that, I don't know if it, I don't think it beat the hype that was surrounding it, but mm-hmm. I think it lived up to the hype. And I think that is such an admirable goal. Like I thought, yeah, I think that is a, for me, like a bigger accomplishment. I was like, wow. Like that, the fact that all of these external factors that were not in your control, even the, the, this release, you know what I mean? Like the, yeah. the on HBO Max release on top of everything else. I was like, wow, like they still made it work and it yeah. it was so good. Yeah, it was good. And, I, and again, I think that's just like a testament to James Gunn's like writing and directing style. Yeah. Like I think this movie, I think this, what this movie needed to do was kind of like one, be vastly different from the original one yeah. and make us forget about that one actively while still trying to like not ignore everything about the last one it's a really yeah. hard line to walk because like it's a sequel but a sequel that asks us to ignore everything in the past movie yeah except like a couple characters that we recognize yeah um but i think like james gunn really walks the line between like one like not taking like having the characters in his films like not take themselves too seriously mm-hmm. or not like be like feel like they're like slaves to this like I don't know, this idea of a character or this long lore or all this like pressure put on like a bunch of characters. And I think that's why like he kind of tapped into a lot of characters we haven't seen at all. Yeah. Like yeah. a lot of characters we haven't seen any movies at all. And uh, frankly, a lot of characters that we have not even really seen in the comics, like these were C-listers besides Harley yeah. Quinn, but yeah. you know, and Amanda Waller and Rick Flagg. But like, yeah, honestly, like, peacemaker not really relevant before yeah. this blood, blood sport, sport. yeah look at, go look at blood sports costume in the john burns superman run it is terrible he has like yeah. the bandana over his like the it's a worse looking like daredevil man without fear costume yeah. with the bandana over his like half head and he, oh my gosh he's, it's just terrible and this costume they made was so cool i loved it yeah yeah and it's, but again it's like that and then but like you're the peacemaker and it's like the goofiest costume of all time oh yeah but they fully commit to it that's exactly it like yeah. and i i think if there's anything we wanted from the dc universe for me it's just mm-hmm. stick to your freaking guns like this is gonna be our yes. batman just literally wow we made some stinkers i don't care if Je- like justice league was it was it was bad but i don't think it was franchise ending and then no they, but they gave up you know yeah and but, yeah they're making some of it work and, and they, they are trying to move forward. And again, I'm excited for the new direction, but like, I think that's where my heart breaks the most is like, I just wanted to see more. Like I wanted, I wanted to yes. see the potential more and we didn't quite get that. But with this one, going back to what you're saying with peacemaker, with, with these rat catcher, with polka dot man, mm-hmm. with these silly characters <laughs> they, and frankly, silly characters, very silly. Yeah. They just freaking go for it. And I was like, yeah, that's so awesome. And that was the biggest problem with Justice League is that they didn't stick to their guns. Like they folded, like they got yeah. afraid after BVS, they fired Zack Snyder. I mean, maybe they didn't fire him, but there's a lot of speculation about that. Yeah, they yeah. probably fired him. Uh, and they completely folded and did a 180 and tried to be like Marvel. Oh, and yeah. like how their characters clipping and all this stuff, characters not acting like themselves, especially not acting like the ones we came to know. And so it's like that. And then it kind of makes you lose trust in what you're watching. But like, I think James Gunn like walks that line so well of not only like one sticking to his guns, but also to embracing like things that they were like that are ridiculous yeah. and like getting everybody else to feel okay with that. Like, 
I stopped thinking about like John Cena's costume. I stopped noticing it partway through the movie. And I kind of just started like recognizing like the character and just like all the stuff that was happening with him. Like when we yeah. like later in the movie, like when like we're seeing really intense things happening with Peacemaker, I wasn't thinking about his wacky helmet. Like, oh I wasn't my thinking gosh. about his wacky costume. I was like, holy crap. Like th- that was really gnarly. Like yeah. if we're thinking about the scene at the comp at uh, Jotunheim. Are you not going to spoil Flag. anything? I'm not going to spoil anything right now. I'm going to wait a little okay. bit. I'm you gonna, you say when the spoiler bans lifted and I will okay. go ham. Um, okay. But like, we're, like that intense moment, like that I'm not thinking oh. about the ridiculousness of the costume, but oh. like, that's the thing. It's like the movie doesn't have to like tell me or like has, doesn't have to like fold on like the ridiculous aspect of it. It embraces oh. it. And then like the characters speak for themselves and when the most moments happen, I'm not thinking about the ridiculous aspect. Oh, yeah. I'm just thinking about the characters and what they're going through in that moment. And like, especially with that moment in particular too, you you had this, you had both of those characters taking their experiences. Yeah. And you know, you can see how they are both products of where they've been. You know, him being in love with America and and Rick Flag being a seasoned veteran of the squad, and he doesn't know yeah. where his loyalty lies anymore because yeah. they, they obviously don't value him. And yeah. so seeing that it's like you're 110% right. And, and yeah, that's actually, I'll go like peacemaker was my favorite character in the whole thing. And so and, good. And like, he did have like a lot of like a, a silly energy and he was marketed yeah. very silly. And I was like, I really hope, and he, he was, he was making a lot of jokes at the beginning. And I'm like, ah, like tread lightly, tread lightly, tread lightly. Yeah. And then it was when, uh, you, you see, we all knew his justification for everything he did. And I was like, Oh wow. That's, and that's when I was like, Oh, and, John Cena got to turn on. He's a very physically menacing character. Yes. And I'm yeah. like, obvi- obviously <laughs> that sounds, it sounds silly. Cause that's John Cena. So of course he is. But I'm like, yeah. I wasn't ready for that to happen. Like the light switch turned on. You know what I mean? I was yeah. like, Oh, and now you're terrifying. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but if, yeah, it's like, again, it's like, I feel like James Gunn really walks the line of like the ridiculous and like the self-deprecating um, and like the funny but also like the really serious and like the very sincere moments. Like yeah. there were a lot of sincere moments in this movie. And it's like, it's not a movie that's so like super cynical or super sarcastic no, no. or like, and again, like that's some of my problems with other, like other Marvel movies is that like, sometimes when they have like really sincere moments, they kind of like throw jokes in to undercut it. Yeah. And like, kind of like break the tension. But like, I think of Thor Ragnarok, like after, uh, like after Asgard is destroyed, and they're like watching the planet blow up and oh, like where's yeah, where's like, meek no no, no like uh, that too but like korg's like uh korg's like oh like there's still some left or something like that and then he's like oh never mind and oh. then and it's like a joke afterward but like after it was like a super somber moment right before then and like instead of letting that moment like sit and kind of just like have this feeling of like all like this like this world like dying and all this like really intense stuff yeah there's like a joke that kind of breaks the tension and it's really funny but it's like man like that moment is kind of gone now and it was kind of like really cut short by this joke yeah but i feel like this film it had a lot of jokes had a lot of funny moments but it had a lot of moments where i'm like wow i'm really feeling something right now like this is really there's a lot of sincerity in it and a lot of heart and emotion i think heart is the best term there's a lot of heart in this movie uh more than i would have expected I think I think that goes to show too the power of the that the studio gave to James Gunn. 
because yes because you know they wanted to win over their audience again he wanted to go out like you know he wanted to compensate for what he had lost in this film and not, yeah. not to say that this is a rehash of the guardians because i don't believe that no but, uh, no yeah no, but like because a lot of people believe that i don't think i believe that because I, I think believe that. i think this is way more I thought we, I thought this is the true truest two form, and I'd say even more than Guardians One of who James Gunn is as a director. Yes, yes. I think I really believe that. I think this was him actually showcasing everything he has to offer because he, um, like in I felt like Guardians Two, he was very limited with yeah. the potential of that story because especially there was, Guardians Two. Yeah, Guardians yeah. One was its own. Like I, I don't know if it's even fair to compare Guardians One and this because they're just entirely different. Yeah, like no, yeah, completely different. And and Guardians One just changed everything. But I don't know if that was like I just think that's who he's always been, and that was the first taste mm-hmm. all of us got to who yeah. he is as a director. And so, yeah. you know, it's not quite different from who he is. But I think. This one's like DC said they just took gave him the ball and said run with it and and yeah. he got to and that's where we got to see all of it and and yeah you know to the credit of Suicide Squad uh, David Ayer's Suicide Squad I think that one walked so that this one could run because mm. because that one was PG thirteen and they saw how much it bombed I think that's why they let this one be rated R yeah it need it needed to be rated R. Yeah, and I think like I think I think it's not just that movie. I think it's like seeing movies like Deadpool, uh, and what other movies have been rated R? Uh, uh, Logan. Logan. Yeah, yeah, that's not really comedy. Those though. are probably the two though. Yeah, I think Deadpool's the biggest one because Deadpool is a comedy, and Deadpool too also is very sincere. Like I think yeah. there's a lot of sincerity in Deadpool too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I think, and I think I again, I, I think of Guardians two as a parallel to this because, like, especially like, and we can talk about the jokes in this movie. Like I yeah. think about the jokes in Guardians two. Like I really like that. I think it's a great movie. Like, it's good. It's, it's not bad like, at all. <laughs> not bad at all. Like nothing really major to complain about it. Yeah. Um, and I think that one definitely. I think that one has, like, one of the most emotional scenes of all time in the MCU. Oh yeah. Like with Yondu at the end. That's my like, favorite song of it, all time that they play at the end. Father and Son by Cat Stevens. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, great song. But it's hard not to get teary eyed watching that scene. Like I've cried multiple times watching that scene. Oh. Um, it's a great. Like, it, I think it's like one of the most emotional moments in the MCU, but. Um, but again, like in watching that movie, I could see times where James Gunn was limited and I was like, yeah. that joke sucked. Like, yeah, I, I know, I know he could have done more with that and he probably wanted to do more, but like, there's only so much you can do with like a Disney rating. Yeah. And I'm like, not, yeah. Yeah. Like I think of like, just like making jokes about poop and like turds and stuff like that. It's like, okay, like that's fun. Like I get I'm, it. I'm not into Mary Poppins, y'all. Like, I'm not. Yeah, like I, I laugh. I, I think I thought it was funny when I watched it, but like again, like he he had to kind of think outside the box to get those jokes in. Yeah. And and there's a lot more jokes I think in Guardians Two than Guardians One. Um, mm-hmm. at least like overt jokes. Um, but again, in this one, it felt like he, because of the R rating, I think he kind of just had that entire sphere to work in with no limitations, really, at least no major limitations. Um, and he could kind of let his characters do the things that we know they would do in real life. Yeah. But like, we don't have to see like the fake version of the movie. Cause like seeing Harley Quinn or the Joker, like in that PG 13 version yeah. of like David or two side squad. Like I knew that there were things that were missing. Like, okay, like this is happening this way because the movie's PG 13, yeah. but like seeing like 
just like the characters act naturally in this film, like at the, at the R rating, as like we expect villains would. Yeah. It 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 really like it was much more natural feeling to me. It was, you know what I I really I really loved and my my buddy said this he thinks that this is the best portrayal of Harley Quinn and I think I don't know if it's the best one or like I think it really it's just a preference because I don't think that yeah. any of them have been bad. That's the thing. No, so like no, every I think movie all been good. has been good, but yeah. I think this one just felt like it's it, this one was definitely my favorite version of her and yeah. how how they did everything because I really loved. It. You know, she, this isn't spoilers, but like while she has a side mission, pretty much. Yeah. While the squad is doing their thing, she and then they meet up, and that's in the trailers. They're gonna try and rescue her. Yeah. But she had a side mission, and her on that solo mission—that was just some of my favorite Harley Quinn moments ever. Because I'm yes. like, wow, it just gave her character time to be like, like, you know. She she was just up to something, and I think that's very yeah. Harley Quinn. And like yeah. everything she did in those circumstances was really great, and I just loved them. So I I, yeah. I, I wanted to mention that. No, you have to because I feel like I feel like that speaks to the strength of Margot Robbie's portrayal of her. Yeah, like Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, like is just such a strong character, and so, she's so dynamic in the role. Like, I was happy. I wanted to watch more of her by herself in this movie. Like yeah. all the stuff with her and the dictator and I like like this stuff like getting captured. Like that was like some of my favorite parts of the movie. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's like seeing her like do her thing, like I was I was loving it. And, and I, then, she didn't she didn't need to bounce off anyone else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like I I I've decided that I because I, I was on the fence about this and I'll and I'll put this ball in your court next, yeah. but I really like her as a member of the suicide squad. Yeah. There's, there's some moments where I'm like, I don't think I don't I don't quite like her with the birds of prey. I, I just don't okay. think she, she that's a fit and i'm very traditional about my birds of prey like that <laughs> that series that series is like just give me the chuck dixon greg land birds of prey uh but how they like her fitting into the suicide squad which is a very dark team and yeah. the way she adds levity i think is so yes. wonderful yes and so like i and it's so necessary and she yeah. gets there and she's yeah. like She's a true anti-hero and I hate that yeah. term, but I'm like, she yeah. really is like, and, and, and so seeing her there and, and then giving her an opportunity to shine on her own apart from the team, like, like we were just saying, yeah, loved it all loved it so yeah. much. So and I think, I think levity is the best word. Cause she's not comic relief. No. Yeah. Like, I think she was kind of comic relief in the first one a little bit. And that didn't feel totally like the best fit. Yeah. But like her, yeah. Again, I think levity is the best way. Like, her just kind of like breaking the tension or like breaking down. Like, I think all, I, I think kind of like lowering the serious level. Yeah. Like some of the characters in this movie, like without a character like Harley Quinn, that could be so serious or like just so a little bit over the top. But I think she kind of like breaks them down a level a little bit and it kind of makes it more accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, like her, like her relationship with Rick Flagg in this movie. Oh my like, gosh. I there's love- a few moments we see them just like being friends. Yeah. And like her genuinely showing like a lot of care and respect for him uh, and vice versa. And I was like, oh my God, like I, I didn't know how much I would like appreciate that in this movie, but it really, it made it a lot more like accessible, like emotionally for me. Yeah. I was like, wait, I, I not only care about her a lot more, but I care about him a lot more. Cause I didn't, I didn't really care about him in the first movie and like his relationship with June gloom or June bloom or whatever. <laughs> uh, you're not wrong so far. Yeah. Like that was like, that was, a that was, that was a, stupid in the first movie but yeah, that, nobody wanted that 
it, it felt very forced, like yeah. to give him some kind of emotional arc. But oh. seeing his relationship with not only like not just Holly Quinn, but with the team in general in this film, yeah. uh, I, I thought it was amazing. And it really, and I guess we can get into spoilers. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But again, like the big, like a big spoiler, like the big death in this movie is Rick Flag. Well, there's two for me. But there's yeah, Rick two. Flag yeah, yeah. Is the bigger I, yeah, one. yeah. Like yeah. the big, like the at least the carryover. Yeah. Um, who like a main character like that seeing all those moments with him and the team and with Harley, like before the movie uh, and seeing him die. Like I, I didn't know I feel so much when we saw him die. Yeah. And, and that yeah. really mad props to James Gunn for that. And yes, and, and the, the team, because, you know, he, he told us and we kind of knew that freaking there's going to be 20% of the team left. And we, we <laughs> yeah. all kind of, we all kind of knew who those, who those were, <laughs> but we all thought Rick flag was going to be one of those members. Yes. And it's yeah. like, oh, what? like, I didn't think anyone was surprised when Polka Dot Man bit the dust. Like, he yeah. lasted a lot longer than we thought, but like, yes. the very end was just fine. You know, yeah. um, we all knew Harley wasn't going to die. But yeah. then, you know, simultaneously, the Rick Flag death was so good because we got to see his character come like so full circle. And then, yes. Yeah. When it, when it comes to a cool guy line at the very end, that was the best piece of dialogue in the in the movie. I was like, yeah. oh my peacemaker, what a joke was yeah. Oh, and like, and that was probably my favorite scene of the whole thing. Because- it was and because like not that peacemaker, like, but peacemaker at the same time, like I didn't hate him. No, like no. John Cena played it so well. Like that, like the the emotion and the nuance on his face, like you could see he's regretting it and questioning it in the moment. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not just like John, like seen as the bad guy and he like is killing everybody. Yeah, no. It's like, no, it's like, cause like, it was much more interesting than that. Like, oh, he had the secret mission for Amanda Waller and that's who we should be mad at, really. We should, <laughs> I mean, we could also be mad at John Cena, but, <laughs> or Peacemaker, I should say. But like seeing him like that, like, like that sorrow on his face while he's doing it and like the, like, like the, he was kind of surprised that he did it too. Yeah, kind of like yeah. it shocked him a little bit. He's like, oh my God, like I just did that. Yeah. Like that. I think that's super interesting. It was like super interesting. Because it's also, you know, there was a point in time where, and in the comics, I think, I think uh, Rick Flagg is closer to Peacemaker. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he, it, a, a traditional Rick Flagg imp- like impression would have been he, you know, he'd, he would be peacemaker and he's like oh mm. no i'm sent here by the government to protect my country and yeah. peacemaker takes that mantle and again like rick flag is because also the, the one the thing i really liked about where they picked up this movie is like okay that that last one happened yeah um we're not going to mention it because it's not yeah. a big deal but it's like okay w- we've still been doing these missions the whole time and, yes yes and him being him and harley and boomer like all being seasoned in yeah in that was what I thought was really interesting and good, and and they were like, okay, so these members of members of the Suicide Squad phase in and out, yeah, because so, they're yeah. like other people had heard of them in the prison yeah. by then, yeah. And so, and so I was like, wow, Rick Flag being a seasoned veteran, and then like kind of uh, what, what like, I want to say phase, but like he had like shades of gray. He d- he doesn't have the wander or rose colored lenses. Yeah, yeah, he's weathered. Yeah, thank you. Like yeah, he he's just sick of disillusioned is the word I'm looking for. Yeah. He's disillusioned yeah. by the whole idea of it. And he's like, and we see that and like it, to have him almost kind of face a version of what was himself 
and then choose to show that information. He's like, I'm sick of being used by the government to cover their asses. Like that's how expendable we are to them. Like this, yeah. is, this isn't worth it. This needs to go to the press anyways. And then peacemaker, he, you know, the light switch turns on there and he's like, I can't let that happen. And it's like, oh. yeah. I know it's so gnarly. Yeah. Yeah. I love that twist. Like that twist was, I didn't, I mean, I didn't really see it coming. Looking back now, I can see the, the, I can see the, the seeds of it. Like when we think, like when we first saw, when we first meet uh, uh, Bloodsport. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, Idris Elba, a fantastic job. Great job. Like fantastic job. Like loved it. I, I, obviously, he's filling the void of Will Smith not being able to come back for this one. Yeah. Um, as kind of like one, like the leader, like de facto leader, but two, like the sharpshooter kind of role. Like, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Like it's obvious that like they are filling that void of Will Smith not being available. But I think he did a fantastic job. Oh, um, and, but again, like when Amanda Waller is like telling him about like his skill set, like, you know, train, like train from his day birth, how to be a killer, anything in his hands, a deadly weapon. Like she's telling that to him about his skill set. And then yeah. she like takes him to meet uh, Peacemaker and she says the exact same thing about yeah. him. And he's like, well, that's what I, that's exactly what you said about me. And it's like, but he's only there because he has secret mission. Yeah. Like it's not there because oh, they she said it. that. No, no, no. Like, but she said, like, she said, she said like the exact same description yeah. for Peacemaker that she told Bloodborne about him. Yeah. Yeah. And then he questions is like, why are there two of us? Like, why you just yeah. said the same thing about me? Why are there two of us? And because she said, like, she was telling him, like, she's yeah, yeah, like, yeah. assembling a team of very specific, like, specific skill sets, each one unique to themselves. And she says the exact same thing of Peacemaker. And it's kind of a joke. Yeah. Yeah. But like looking back, it's like, oh, that was alluding to him having a secret mission yeah, 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 on the yeah. team, like to get like the hard drive. Um, Absolutely. And oh yeah. man, that was all, you, you know, to James Gunn's credit too. Cause I, I obviously I watched this and then I had to read the source material. Cause I didn't know what it was going to be based on. Like, yeah. Cause again, like I just have a hard time finding Harley Quinn didn't join the suicide squad till like 2011. Like that's yeah. a new 52 kind of thing. And so yeah. to read the new 52, it's on, I'm a big fan. <laughs> I've read a lot of new 52 lately and it's all really good. So I've read I'm, a lot of, it's like probably the most I've read of DC comics is the new 52. And, just cause that's when I was buying comics. Yeah. Everyone hasn't, everyone has an opinion on the new 52 and let me tell you right now there's a lot like honestly there's a lot of like really good books like more good than bad at it so everyone can just mind their own business anyways i read i was i read uh uh, trial by fire which is the Mm. suicide squad is run by john ostrander it's the very first very first pretty much the flagship suicide squad as we know them today uh and and as your staple members on the team it has uh yeah you know that's when you meet amanda waller you have uh it's not Bloodsport's Bronze Tiger, but it's okay, um, classic Captain Boomerang, Deadshot, yeah. uh, just like everyone you know, Enchantress, yeah. the rest. Amanda Waller sends them to freaking what's it called? Where, where, where's the Quarter Maltese? No, it's uh, Jericho. What's the one place they're at? They're literally the 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 building that they go. Oh, Jotunheim. Jotunheim, and uh, it was like Thor. They go to Thor. Yeah, seriously. They go to Jotunheim. They go to. Uh, but even to, to the point where when I double backed and looked at the credits, two of the office workers, like the one of the guy, like the guy that works there with the uh-huh. glasses, that guy is in the comics. And then like, like oh, interesting. name for name, the girl who hits her in the golf clubs in the comics, because interesting. That, and if you look at Jotunheim, 
they made it look different. Like mm. in the comics, it's very James Bond-esque where it's like on the side of a mountain. Yeah. And then they just kind of in the movie made it a building, but yeah. the design is the same, meaning like the shape of the building and everything. And so I was like, okay. you just see like the love that he had for the source material. Like yeah. the scene of them sitting in the room going over slides where King Shark says like hand. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That literally not literally taken from the comics because he wasn't around yet, but like that whole scene and like rundown totally okay. in the book. And I was like, wow, it is so freaking cool to see like how thoughtful and like yeah. and true they were to the source material. Cause like the first suit that squad tried to do the same thing, but tried to make it modern. And it was like, actually, that's a question I have for you. How did you feel about, he was trying to make a seventies war movie. And that was his tone that he took, like a full metal jacket kind of thing. How do yeah. you feel about that uh, nature of this? I definitely, like, I liked it. I definitely felt like the inspiration, especially like going through like the war camps and like the aesthetic of it all. Yeah. Um, I, I, I definitely like felt that. I liked it a lot. I kind of felt that like energy, like it kind of felt like an episode of MASH at times. Yeah. Like with I, the squad and like the visuals and things like that. I was like, that is the smartest freaking take on something yeah. I could have ever thought to watch and i was like i was so impressed by you know i was like okay this is what you're framing up but let's see the execution and he really had a great execution like yeah it was it was really good um we we haven't mentioned at all because now the spoiler bins lifted the first like five minutes of the movie <laughs> how did you feel about murking actually this podcast episode is dedicated to captain freaking boomerang who shot captain boomerang yeah r.i.p oh my soon an actual tragic. I didn't think he was going to die, but me neither. I was sad about that. I was like, was really wait, sad. we see him throwing around like a glowing boomerang for like five seconds. I'm like, wait, show us more boomerang stuff. And then, um, and then he's dead. But then, you know, who this is also dedicated to is pretty much hero of the movie, Weasel, who was dead and <laughs> came back alive. I effing love Weasel, dude. Oh my God. Hannah the- hates Weasel. That was the she best. Had to, like, look, she wanted to like look away when we when she saw Weasel on the screen. She's like, "Oh, it's so gross. I hate it." I'm like, "Yeah, that's the point. I love it." Yeah, I was and also again, sh- shout out shout out to Tim Gunn. Yeah, Tim yeah, Gunn's yeah. Brother did the mocap. Yeah, he the was, mocap he, a rocket. He was in two. He was in two um scenes though. Yeah, it wasn't he playing uh, Calendar Man. Calendar Man. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, which is so funny because I'm reading or I'm for next week's Camera Reads Comics, my other podcast. Shout uh, out. Shout out, Kerry! It's comics. We're reading the uh, major book that he's in, so it, it awesome. was like very timely. Um, yeah, but yeah. So I, how did how did you feel about like all that sudden death though? Like you know, what I mean, like I understand they're yes. trying to show stakes, but how did that resonate with you? Because that's a bold choice. So I kind of expected it, um, especially like seeing how ridiculous all those characters were. Like I, I knew going into it, like at least half of the characters were going to die. Oh yeah. Like, and I, I knew it wasn't going to be blood sport. And again, that's part of the problem watching trailers, like seeing trailers. I was like, okay, I kind of have an idea of who's going to die and who's not going to die. Well, with, um, with the cast that big anyways. <laughs> yeah. And it felt much like it felt honestly, like I love that opening sequence. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Um, like seeing, and it's funny, like fun to have Pete Davidson to be the first one to go out <laughs> and such a, and the deaths are so brutal too. Oh, this is uh, the full rated R. Yeah. But it felt a lot like Deadpool too like yeah. hyping up the X-Force throughout that movie and, and saying like they're having the Suicide Squad in this movie and like building the team and all that kind of stuff. Everyone's <laughs> coming together in their outfits and they're on this big mission. And it's like, yeah, but like in Deadpool 2, they're hyping up the X-Force as this huge 
like brand new thing. And then we see them all die, like in the same sequence. They don't even land on the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, we got a bit of turbulence. And like, we see, we meet the characters for like literally three minutes and they're all dead. Yeah. Spoiler alert for Deadpool 2. But so it felt very much like that. And I was fine with it because I really enjoyed it. Um, But yeah, really effed up that they were just the diversion. And I was not expecting that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I liked that. I like how they did it. I liked it a lot too. Because yeah. I was like, okay, well, now she's going to have to build a new team. And it was just like, bink, team two. And I was like, yeah. oh, what? Oh, gosh, yeah. I absolutely loved that moment. Yeah. So so what were your, some of your, yeah. So again, like, what was your, like, some of your favorite deaths in the movie? There's a lot of death. Um, I think Rick Flagg's death was perfect. And I just, yeah. can't, I can't, we went over that. And so that, emotional, that, yeah. That was perfect. And just yeah. like. It was so meaningful, yeah. Um, yeah. Which is my favorite kind of death. Like, I'm not just a death for death's sake person because sometimes yeah. movies and shows, will, like, like you know, in, I don't know, the, the, the climax of the last Suicide Squad movie, like, I just mm. felt like the stakes were very low. And yeah, some yeah. Of the I didn't death care about anything. That, like, Diablo's death, like, just did not matter. And I was like, yeah. okay, this, this doesn't matter. Um, yeah. For this one, my, my favorite death, I was actually really bummed about how the first half. I was like, I wish they could have made it at least a little bit sooner. Not like I didn't need mm. 10 more minutes of the movie with them, but even like two more. I'm like, I don't even know everyone's name yet. And yeah. so um yeah. favorite deaths. You know, I I I I really oh actually the best death in the entire movie that it's dedicated to who <laughs> I forget his name, but that was the running joke of the whole thing. Who's the driver that went with the oh Milton? <laughs> Milton. <laughs> Milton's death so sad in that scene that now that was a scene that was sad but like the levity and like and the fact that nobody knew who he was I thought like, was so good because because everyone had that thought when they were all doing the cool walk up and they yeah. Milton and walking I'm like up why is Milton here everyone's like why is he there and then yeah. that he dies and polka dot man is so upset and we're like yeah what and then Milton's like uh you know, everyone's Bloodsport's like, shouldn't he have been in the car? Like, still? <laughs> yeah. like what did you want to like, do? What was he going to contribute? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, like, he, and that's how I felt about that. But that was like just such a great scene. And Harley, like, yes. just did not know who it was. Yeah. Um, two deaths that, because again, with the tone that they set and the, the, mm-hmm. the, the line that they walked, with that first scene, like, with, with putting that first scene out there, it's like, okay, now we do know that everyone is expendable. Yeah. Two one two that stuck out were um oh, I lost the first one, but I thought Peacemaker's death was very well done. Like because yeah. it was referencing something early. We all yeah, knew that he a wasn't great going callback. to die. Yeah. It was a great callback. We knew he wasn't going to die. We you because we know that there's a freaking TV show coming out yeah. about him. So well, I didn't I didn't know until the because like with the TV yeah. show, a lot of people weren't sure if it was like a pre, like a prequel or a sequel. So like when I saw, I thought he was dead when I saw him. I'm like, oh shit, he's dead. Like, yeah, but, yeah, but like again, it was so surprising in that yes. way. And yeah. it was like, and that's what I liked is that like, because the two, I guess the two that were most surprising were uh, Rick Flags, which is like whoa, and yeah. then um, Peacemakers too though. And I'm yeah. like, I'm I'm glad. I'm so yeah. glad. And then and yeah. then for the post credit scene, I knew exactly what the post credit scene was gonna be, no yeah. matter what after that, which is fine. Yeah. And but right after that, I was like, I was like, wow, like that is it was really well done. And I and I yeah. appreciate when a movie does that. So yes, I, it balanced that really well. Um yeah. 
And then the one that, that I think I remember now, I really liked when Harley killed the dictator. Yes. Yeah, that was the most shocking death to me, I think. When she just shoots. <laughs> and she's like, why is there a gun? Why is there bullets in this gun? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's like, oh, I've seen red flags and boyfriends before, and I promise if I ever saw him again, I would kill him. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. yep, yep, yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. And this is a weird thing, and I don't want to come off like a misogynist or whatever, but like, again, like true, true to Harley, and I just thought, like, really good. It was weird, but like, I'm kind of glad that she kind of had that moment to like, have sex with the guy and then like kill yeah him. because that's like <laughs> because it also shows i'm like yo like she's also in a ton i'm i'm glad this show gave her some more autonomy not that she yeah. didn't have any but it's like she wasn't well, an object of male desire you know that no, was or see, like we're seeing like we've seen her growth like throughout like the three movies we've seen her in and i like that this movie isn't ignoring all the stuff that happened to birds of prey yeah i feel like a lot of dc movies and dc fans tend to ignore birds of prey Oh, it's, and like, it's a good one. People just kind of forget about it. And I think it's probably one of the better DC movies. It really like, is. I, I think it was amazing. Like, I had a lot of fun. It's clean in the it. middle for sure. Like, it's not yeah. bad. No, I, I think it's way more good than bad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, Ewan McGregor as Black Mask is probably one of my favorite DC villains that we've seen on the screen. Absolutely. Like, like I think he's fantastic. Especially because, you know, he's one of the few DC villains that has personality. Yes. yes. Also, personality that makes sense. And so, yes. for, for, for that to happen here. Oh, and. That would be our next question, but to, to, to see that those events that she got over her breakup and then like, you know, she was, cause in that one, she, still, I think there's a looming shade of like her not being able to be autonomous, like a like yeah. an autonomous female. And, and yeah. they gave us what we wanted in that scene. And I appreciate yeah. that a lot. Well, again, it's like, that's what the birds of prey was like her breaking free of the Joker shadow and yeah. like, you know, and again, like, yeah, she should because like she's way better in this role than Jared Leto is in his role. <laughs> so it's like I'm glad that that's the case that she's so breaking cool. free of that. Yeah. But like that was that movie, and I, I'm glad seeing this movie. It's like she's still like she references that, but like she's past that. Like yeah. she's not hung up on the Joker anymore. She's not dealing with that trauma. I mean, she, like, she's not dealing with that trauma anymore. It's still it's just like a lesson she had in the back of her head. She's like, oh, I had a really like crazy boyfriend, and I ignored the red flags. I see red flags in you, so I'm just going to kill you. <laughs> and I was like, you know? oh yeah, like that's that's that sounds like Harley Quinn. Like that yeah. sounds like we're like the Harley Quinn we know and we've come to know. Yeah, and then and again too, like I love that they didn't. It was a good joke, but I love that they didn't get to rescue her. I like that she rescued yeah. herself. And again, like yeah. just too weird. Like I'm like I'm not like pro like in this again too. Like that sex scene like wasn't like the most raunchy or like no. scripted. I was like, we knew yeah. what happened and it was just very much a beat for that character. And then her rescuing herself was one of those things too, that I was like, I'm so glad that happened because like, yeah, I did not want her to be a damsel under stress or like an object of, of the team's goal. It's like, no, like she was capable to do that herself. Not that she doesn't need the team for other things, but yeah. like for her to be able to go do that. And, I, and I'm, I'm just very glad all of that happened. Like that no, whole side yeah. mission was great. Yeah, like just seeing it's just seeing like the Harley that we've seen grow and like come into fruition, like doing Harley things. Yeah, like she's exactly. just on her own side, like living in her own world, doing her own fun thing. And then when she's a friend, she's like, "Oh, you guys are so sweet! Like you came to get me! Like let's go kill this monster!" Like that's yeah. all. I loved it. Like that's probably one of my favorite parts of the movie. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, okay. So what are some of uh, what are some of the standout characters um, for you in this movie? I think for me, like I. Like I, I, we haven't talked about Rat, but Rat Catcher. Like, oh my gosh, I feel yeah. like Rat Catcher was like the emotional heart of the film. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, like, like much like, like cyborg and Zack Snyder justice league. Yeah. Like, I feel like that was rat catcher in this movie. We kind of like are following her emotional journey and she's kind of like the heart that kind of holds everyone together. Yeah. I, you know, weirdly enough too, the standouts, well, you know, James Gunn, we obviously know his experience writing teams Yeah, and he, like, I think, I just think everyone on the team was incredibly well-written and well-balanced. Yeah. Um, you know, her and Polka Dot Man really. Polka Dot, com- yeah. Polka Dot Man is actually what I was going to say. We were yeah. all postured to like Peacemaker. We were familiar mm. with Rick Flagg and her. Like, that, those weren't yeah. surprising to like. And Bloodsport was going to be dope as hell. We all knew that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, lo- I, I thought Polka Dot Man's arc was so fascinating. Like, yes. It just took, I was just like, of all characters that they pulled off, they actually really did pull this off. And nobody yes. else could pull that off other than James Gunn. You know? And again, and again, it gets to the point of what I'm saying, what I love about James Gunn's writing is that he walks that line between jokes and like uh, like sarcasm and like satire and sincerity. And I feel yeah. like Polka Dot Man was that. I mean, a lot of these characters did that. I feel like Polka Dot Man was the one that really walked that line the most. Not so much of him was a joke and like a punchline, but also so much of him who was like so sincere. And we saw so many sincere moments. Like when he's like, and that's that's the thing I didn't like about his death is that if I had a least favorite death, it was probably his because it was so oh. quick. I, yeah. I wish we had a, like had a more of like a hero moment for him. Yeah, like going out in like a in like a cool way because like when we you see the moment like he's like shooting like the polka dots like I'm a superhero. It's like yeah, it's funny. But I'm also like really feeling for him and like, and like, I'm kind of like feeling the emotion in that. I'm like, Oh my God. Like he's so, he's finally happy. Yeah. He and was a complicated just, like, character. He was. And then he gets like smashed and I'm like, Oh, like that, that sucks. Like, um, and like the joke about him and his mom, I think it was the funniest joke in the whole movie. <laughs> like the, like him seeing, kept- his mo- him seeing his mom and everything. Like oh, that, so <laughs> like the scene of him dancing in the club, oh, and so we cool. see him just like getting down, and then like we like circle around, and it's like all his mom around it. Yeah, and he doesn't <laughs> stop. Like that's no. the worst part. No, he knows it. It's so sick. I'm like, oh man, that was a lot. And then the, the, I liked the one, the one that like caught me <laughs> off guard that I was not ready to see was him seeing the entire like team. The first time we saw his perspective on the whole team, I was like, what the hell? Like just. Yeah. Like, like, oh yeah. my gosh yeah and then the mom is the shark too much yes too yes much. yes um yeah those are my two actually i want to i want to talk about starro the conqueror mm, yeah of all characters that james gunn like polka dot man like when we knew that he was cast you know what i mean like that was going to be the the thing for james gunn it was surprised it was like surprising that he was going to be a part of the team but not surprising that james gunn chose him Yes, and yes, then it's and a very then, James like, Gunn character, and also we, I'm sure, none of the fans were surprised that he was able to make it work so well. Like if yeah. anyone could, it was James Gunn. Yeah, the one that most surprised me that he got to work was Starro the Conqueror because yes. it's so easy to make, like, you know, to to go down the same rabbit hole and do like a villain who could talk, but they chose one that couldn't. Yes, and I thought that the way they handled it was so interesting. Yeah. And so that was something that I was like, wow, like a factor, like, you know, you had the peacemaker moment where, wow, the team's turning on each other in a really cool way. Yeah. And 
Star of the Conqueror working as well as it did was just amazing. Yeah, I, I was really surprised by that too because it feels like a character that would be so easy to just like fumble. Yeah. And so easy for it to be like, okay, this is too dumb. Yeah, like, this too is stupid. It, it could have been way too silly. Yeah. And it was not at all. Like it could have gone the way of, uh, like, it could have gone the way of, I think, honestly, Ego the Living Planet in Absolutely. Guardians 2. Like at the end of that movie, when he like when he's fighting his in planet form and like it's all like the pixels like and like big animated versions of him, I was like, this is kind of dumb. Like I I'm not as invested in this anymore. Yeah, and it could have so easily gone to that, but they kept it just horrific enough. Like like the horror of like having this like thing attached to your body, like alien style. Yeah, that it was just like like creepy or like body horror enough to keep it interesting yeah. not too much like it wasn't like no, horrifying no. it wasn't but it was just yeah but it was just like uncomfortable and like ter- like frightening enough to keep it going but like and again like just seeing like how complicated he made that character that yeah. that was crazy to me like seeing like this this non-talking big giant starfish from like the the very first justice league villain like back in the boonies in like the fifties or sixties, sixties, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it's the first. Yeah. It's, it's, like, yeah, yeah. it's, it's Starro. Starro has been a character longer than pretty much any Marvel character that we know and love. Like think yeah. about that for a long time. That was crazy. And it's like, but like seeing, seeing the nuance they put into that character and like him, not him being kind of being a victim at the same time, like yeah. with the U S government kind of being the main villain of the movie. Oh. Um, you know, like so, I didn't. I wasn't expecting so many layers in this. I was kind of expecting some just big battle, but it was a lot more than that. It was a lot more than that. Yeah, no, I'm. I totally, totally, totally agree. And like that being the case, um, I just think it it surprised me in all the best ways. Like, yeah, Starro, I think was an excellent, excellent villain. And like, yeah, but also he balanced. Like, I think. With ego, my problem was because I also haven't read any ego stories, so I'm not like yeah, a, me, me an authority. Yeah. I didn't like that ego like could talk, like the weird mm. balance. That's something that is like the, the logical gap, and not yeah. that I'm looking to bridge all the gaps. Yeah, but the logical like leaps that I had to do with him, as opposed to what I had to do with like you know Starro, worked yeah. more. You know what I mean? I just thought Starro yeah. worked because it's like oh there's just an understanding like we yes. had you know because again the, the the other villain was waller in their yeah. ears and that was yeah. the, and, and like that balance was really well done so yes yes like yeah. like them seeing all of those threats because really what starro is is the consequences of waller yeah you know, or, yeah or the waller united the, states yeah the u.s government yeah yeah and i'm like oh that's exactly how that should have been told you know that's exactly yeah. how that should have been handled and it exactly how it works and then now they're fighting the ramifications of it, like the Suicide Squad does. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I loved it. But you know, it makes me—I didn't realize there's an ending in this movie that I didn't know I wanted, mm. which was uh, them getting leverage using that yeah. intel as leverage on Waller because, yeah. and like traditionally, that kind of would like how the first one ended. That kind of would be how the how it ends you know it's pretty anticlimactic like yeah no you still have to go back to jail which is heartbreaking and you know there's character stuff going on there but like oh no 
if you don't give this to us, then we are going to, you know, then we're going to leak it. Yeah. And they, and we're going to tell everyone. And I loved that so that mm-hmm. they could, you know, just, I, I, it, it was, I don't have the words for it, but like, it was more than just them having leverage, like them yeah. having autonomy and freedom. So yeah. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. I felt like this story, like, I felt like this film, like balanced, like the different character arcs so well. Yeah. Like, I feel like every character was kind of on their own path. Yeah. Like, I didn't feel like really anyone got like sidelined too much in terms of like learning and growing and going on their own journey. Like we saw Bloodsport grow as a character and him kind of step into his role as a leader, you know, deal with his childhood trauma, uh, yeah. kind of like I- begin to like invite others into his life to care about him. Yeah. Uh, you know, we saw Ratcatcher too, you know, like dealing with the loss of her father still. Yeah. Uh, and kind of like, you know, inviting others into that pain and that past, you know, we saw polka dot man dealing with the trauma of his mom and feeling like he's a monster and feeling like he's a disease and feeling mm-hmm. like he has, you know, he was experimented and tortured and to become this thing and how he's finally getting to become that thing on his own terms. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, that being a superhero. And that's when the story ends when he finally becomes one. And that's great. Yeah. Yeah. We see King shark, like learning how to have friends and learning how to connect with others when he feels so alienated as this big monster, yeah. which again, shout out to King shark. Yeah. We have not like, talked inc- about King shark. Inc- enough. Incredible king shark incredible like 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 right. bright light bright shining light of the movie really you think so i think he was so fun i liked king shark a lot like like that. i i think like because it was very much of like a very much an iron Groot energy yes of course like it is he is that character in this movie but i think he does it in a different like they he, they utilize him in a slightly different way mm-hmm. um and but yeah like like we see king shark go on an emotional journey like this big talking dumb shark gets to have this really emotional arc. And it's like, and I feel like that is what James Gunn does so well in balancing characters and their different emotions, the different journeys and how they all culminate together, but how they're all still very unique in their experiences. Yes. Yeah. I totally, but, I totally agree. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I love, I love the movie and then it ends on a great note too. Um, yeah. I liked Amanda Waller too. I like, I like the tone shift that she had. Yes. Yes. I liked her being a, uh, you know, when, when she's yelling and about to blow everyone up, I really liked that. So um, yeah. Way what like much more intense feeling Amanda Waller too. And that's like, what I thought they dialed her up to 11 a little bit in this movie. Well, I like that the power dynamic shifted too. Yes. Cause yes. I'm like, I just don't, it's there. I didn't, I didn't realize that they, there were limitations in the story that were told in, in the last film yeah, because she was always the one within power, and them yeah. getting some of that power back, I just again, I really loved. So, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I thought really, really excellent movie. Like, yeah, yeah. So, I guess final question, Jack, what would you rate it out of ten? Oof, I give it. I think I honestly give it a nine out of ten. I'm, oh, I'm, wow. I'm, I'm confident giving it a nine out of ten. Like Ooh. maybe maybe an eight point seven five. But no, no, no. I'm gonna give it a nine. Good I'm, not, I'm not gonna hold anything back on this. One. I got. I have no major problems with this movie at all. Honestly, what now that I think about it, after this conversation, I had it at an eight point five on the last one I recorded. Yeah. I just did a quick fifteen minutes on the last. Yeah. One, but this one, man, I gotta say, after this conversation and like everything you're saying, yeah. And and as I look back, like. I didn't want to watch like a lot of the movies I've seen recently twice. Like I didn't, yes. I, I tried to watch Black Widow twice. I can watch it twice. I tried yeah, to watch can, yeah. um, 
what's yeah, it's really really uh, give me a freaking afternoon to go watch like a, an evening give give mm. me from 12 to 4 to go watch Zack Snyder Justice League again for the second time <laughs> i st- i tried to watch it in steps but i still haven't even finished it and now i, I just gave up yeah, I, I I tried to watch it. I I watched the third act again just because I wanted to see that again. That's what I wanted to see. I tried watching it again, and I was like, I enjoyed this when I watched it. Cannot watch this again. It's it's just tough, and that's yeah. not a reflection of him. That like no, that movie no, no, no. Is epic, but it's, it's just, just four hours. <laughs> it's just a lot. I can't watch it again. Yeah. I cannot wait to get off this and watch it again. I want to freaking watch it again right now, dude. Oh I'm my hyped on this movie. Absolutely, right now. yeah. No, that's exactly what I'm gonna do. There, that's the. That, we're watching Suicide Squad tonight again. She said, okay, we're good. <laughs> and that is what true love looks like, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but yeah, no, again, like it, because, and one of the core values of this movie too, that I think is lost on a lot of the conversations in like comic book movies, it's also just fun. And yes. that is so important like it yes. balances everything we're talking about but also it is just a fun movie to watch and that is so yes. important and not lost on us so it's great yeah yeah like you can have a fun movie that's also has stakes and has emotion and has action and has consequences yeah. like and it can still be fun like that is possible and i think hopefully dc is understanding that now Yes. Especially because they want him back so badly to make more movies. Oh, I'm so um, I'm so nervous. That's my biggest fear in all of this is that it's yeah. a one one it's if it's a one act thing like a one one and done. Great, excellent. Yeah. So glad we got this. Very very yes. grateful for this. Yes. Excited to see what he's got for Guardians. You know, moving yeah. forward. Because I also don't want him to be pigeonholed into just being a superhero movies guy. I'm sure he is. No, no. Great. I, I think he has a lot, he has a lot more to offer than that. Yeah, but but he loves them though. And, like he loves like this is something he loves. And I'm like, yes, then keep loving them for us and keep making yeah. them for us. And so, yeah. um, yeah, I this movie does give me a lot of hope in the trajectory of DC moving forward. Like yeah. there are so many cool things to look forward to, especially with kind of the slate that we have in front of us now. Like I'm yeah. excited for all those movies. So yeah. yeah, I'm excited for the flash. I'm excited for the peacemaker show and James going to be back for that. Yeah, like, exactly. Making that right now. So um, I said, that's going to be really exciting and I can't wait to see more of that. Um, but yeah. I'm ex- I think, I think DC is on the rise. I, I'm excited for the flash movie. I feel yeah. like that's I I feel it in my bones that that's going to be a good one. It's going to be least, what Space Jam could have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I feel like that's going to be somewhat good. It oh. has to be somewhat good. Like seeing Ben Affleck, the sets of Ben Affleck, like set photos Ben Affleck on the bat bike. Yeah, like that looks awesome. Like, have you seen I, those pictures? Oh, of course, of course. Yeah, that, that, that looks guy. awesome. Like, I want to see that. I, I I feel like they're in a good place now. I think they are. So too. I'm feeling optimistic. I'm excited for Andy Muschietti. I think you know Sasha. Sasha Kane, Sasha Kale, who's Supergirl. I think. Oh she yeah, yeah, looks, yeah. I think she looks wonderful, yes, and that costume yes. is beautiful on yes. her. Like a lot of cool things to look forward to. And then again, like the one I'm looking the most forward to that just wrapped, Black Adam. Man, like I am so excited yes. for the world to fall in love with Black Adam the way mm-hmm. I love Black Adam. And so I'm excited for Black Adam. I'm excited for Shazam too. We saw the set photos oh. of that. Set the costumes for that. Yeah, costumes look great. Yeah, and it, it's again we're in a really good spot with DC and yes. It's just, I think, and we're on the up from here. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully we'll see. We'll see. You know, hopefully. I've been hurt before. <laughs> <laughs> I've been hurt before. We got Aquaman 2 in the pipeline. Exactly. Exactly. We got the well, Batman coming out. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. not a different universe, but I, I feel I that has to be good. Oh, like, honestly. I can't imagine a, where that, how that could be bad. Yeah. You, let's not try to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's not try. 
<laughs> let's just be cool about yeah let's be cool anyways 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 jack this was fun cameron it's this. been a pleasure as always pleasure. my friend i have to turn on my lights they can't see this right now but i'm in pitch black <laughs> only, uh, only Get a little halo around your face yeah a light around my laptop <laughs> um but yeah so we will be back and I, we were just talking before this too guys we have a cool couple episodes planned sounds like so yes yes it's gonna we be are, really we good are, we are we're thinking of a schedule and we're gonna make it, and then we're gonna stick to it. Yeah, yeah, we we are now that okay. This was complicated scheduling the last couple of times, but we will we'll be back around. And a lot of cool stuff to look forward to. Yeah. So yes, it's always just just like the DCEU. It's only gonna get better from here, <laughs> unless it doesn't, and it gets worse. And we've been hurt. But who knows? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all righty so this has been a worthless film podcast uh make sure to go uh like and subscribe and leave us a five-star rating interview on itunes and And send it to your mom your mom loves this show she keeps telling me how much she loves it she just needs you to send it to her again because she lost the link (laughs) she does and if your mom doesn't leave us a five-star rating interview on itunes then ben affleck will come come to you and yell martha in your face Yes. Confirmed. It's happened yes. before. Yes, exactly. <laughs> anyways, anyways, anyways. All right. We will see you guys later. Yep. Our hopes Our- and dreams travel with you. There we go. Um, <laughs>